Another frustrating loss to a very beatable team. The Chargers fell to the Minnesota Vikings at home 27-20 on Sunday to go to 5-4 and four on the season. And we are here to talk about all of the big plays in this game and tell you what has to change for the Chargers who really struggled offensively, had some great plays defensively against the run, but still struggled late in the game. So we're getting into what the Chargers need to do to keep pace in the AFC where they're really, really losing ground. But I'm Daniel Wade. He's David Drogmeyer. Let's go ahead and get into it. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, man? Welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. We Really, really appreciate you guys, especially on days like this where it's very hard to listen to any kind of Charger subjects, but it is nice to vent, right? And I think when you're hearing people who are going through the same frustrations as you about the Chargers offense on Sunday and everything that went wrong, it's sometimes nice, sometimes nice and therapeutic, right? To listen and get some of that off your chest and be like, yes, you know, I'm not crazy for thinking the Chargers are ridiculous for giving up the things that they did on Sunday. So, Today, we have a lot to get into, but we're going to start with just the general lack of offense in this one, even though the final scoreboard says 20 points. The Chargers was just no rhythm, right? A ton of drop passes, some missed throws, and a bunch of really big missed opportunities. And the defense, while doing some good things, David, obviously late in the game, crumbled to the Vikings who were able to end the game on their terms, right? Which is something that Brand Staley and company want to do for themselves. So I think we have to start there with the offense, though, David, because 253 total yards of offense against that banged up Minnesota Vikings defense is just unacceptable. And like, there's no one thing. I mean, you can look at the play calling, right? You can look at the drop passes. You can look at a couple of missed throws by Justin Herbert. Like there's no one way to encompass everything. I know a lot of people want to put all the blame on Joe Lombardi, right? But there were some good plays in there that were dropped, right? There's other things that should have went well and then didn't for the Chargers. But the one thing is for sure, David, it has to look better than that against a team like that who is really struggling and losing players defensively. Absolutely, it has to look better than that. And Justin Herbert also did not look great in this game. He had less than 200 yards passing. It seemed like he was having a little bit of trouble with his reads as well. Obviously, the drop passes don't help. The running game wasn't sharp in this game. But I think the over-encompassing issue here is just missed opportunities. The Vikings didn't give you very many opportunities, and that was all part of their game plan. They wanted to constrict your possibilities with Justin Herbert and that high-powered Chargers offense on the football field, and they did that to perfection. They had an overwhelming advantage in time of possession, and the Chargers did not take advantage of the small opportunities that they had, and that's what came back and bite them and bit them. Excuse me. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it is all about missed opportunities because the Chargers should have many more longer drives, right? Couple throws go a little bit better. Couple guys hang on to the football. The numbers look totally different, right? And I thought Herbert was fine. He wasn't the special Justin Herbert that we've seen in a lot of games, right? But it is now, you know, three out of the last four games where he's looked pretty mortal, right? Pretty average in three out of four games going up against, you know, defensive minds this time. It's Mike Zimmer, right? Before it's Bill Belichick. Before that, it's Martindale with Baltimore. So, like, they have struggled against teams doing similar things, right? Justin Herbert, again, seemed like he was struggling when they bring a bunch of guys up to the line of scrimmage. 
they wouldn't be able to tell who was rushing and it caused some problems. Josh Kelly has a big play where he misses a protection. Rajon Slater has a play where he misses the guy on the inside. There wasn't a ton of pressure on Justin Herbert, but there were definitely times when he was confused and a couple of drives were most definitely disrupted by a sack and a couple of just bad knockdowns where Justin Herbert on second and third down was just getting knocked down as he's throwing the ball out. But the Chargers defense, the one thing that we really knew going into this is it was going to be scary to not have potentially Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. Asante ends up playing in the game. No Michael Davis, but that came to fruition, right? I mean, Justin Jefferson had a monster game against this secondary. Chris Harris Jr. made a couple of really good plays early on, and I was like, okay, you know, that's what they need. Pass breakups, making open field tackles, the stuff Chris Harris Jr. does well. And then there was some bad for him as well, including him getting, you know, animated in a play before the play's even over, him jumping up and down because he was mad at a miscommunication on the defense. Like, that's a bad look. So I do think there was some positive takeaways, but then you look at the last three drives of the Vikings. I mean, two touchdowns and then them running the ball and getting, you know, running the clock out, coming up with huge conversions after the Chargers had them in a first and 20, right? A second and 17, a third and 20 where they gave up 18. So as much as you want to take some positives away as far as the run defense went, and I mean, five tackles for loss was a great sign. The Chargers got them in the third and longs. They've been hunting, right, David? But still, towards the end of the game, like those missed tackles, those big plays on third and longs really crushed the Chargers defense and crushed the Chargers late in the game. Yeah, you, you love the fact that you, you you're able to – keep one of the premier running backs in the NFL under four yards a carry. Dalvin Cook is fantastic. He's one of the better zone runners in the NFL. The Vikings have a very good offensive line. And and yeah, he still ran pretty well and got a, a couple of big plays in there. But it was really the Chargers missing those tackles, not getting him on the ground when he had multiple opportunities. The Vikings got 11 penalties in this game, 100-plus penalty <laughs> yards, and the Chargers can't take advantage of that. That makes no sense to me. How do you let that happen? You're in, you get them in second and 20 situations, third and 18 situations, and then you hear the broadcasters talking about how, how great, how, how the Chargers are the best team in the NFL on third and long <laughs> situations. And then every single time they did that, the Chargers either failed to prevent them from from converting that third down opportunity or getting them close enough to where they can go for it on fourth down and essentially seal the game. The, those are those little things right there is you execute throughout the game, but in those moments where you got to have it, like Brandon Staley talks about the chargers were not able to execute. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think when you look at, if you just looked at the box score, right, you'd see the chargers defense, right? Five of 14, they held the Vikings to on third down. But then you factor in, you know, eight, giving up 18 on a third and 20, right? And also giving up two fourth down conversions, huge fourth down conversions. Like, that's Who really seven. the Vikings would have yeah. more fourth down opportunities in this game than the, than the Chargers did? What? Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, Mike Zimmer is definitely not known as the, you know, cutting edge coach that's up with the analytics and is, you know, trying to go for it all the time. I mean, the Chargers were that team. And the funny thing is the, the script was flipped in this one because the Chargers had a couple of opportunities, one that we're going to get into in the next segment where they had a chance to go for it on fourth down and did the conservative thing, which was really weird. So there were a lot of great plays in this game that I am excited to talk about, but there's some other things that I think we have to talk about, David, because the things that have to get addressed going forward for the Chargers, because as much as this loss sucks, right, it does. 
the Chargers are still in the thick of it. I mean, they could turn things on. I don't think the Vikings were nearly as bad of a team as their record showed, right? I, I said that before the game, and it scared me. It was a matchup that scared me. Missing a corner in Michael Davis, having a Dalvin Cook, who the Chargers that was have a big one. Pretty much in yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it just they were a better team. Every loss they had was a one score game, right? They, they were really close to winning a bunch of games and the chargers just didn't come through down the stretch. Like we've become accustomed to seeing in the games that they've won. They've put things together in the second half down the stretch. It looked like it was going to happen for a little bit in this one, but the fact of the matter is the Chargers are still very much in it, right? I mean, the chiefs now will take the lead in the AFC West because they got another one, but they still have a bye week coming up. So they're only a half game up on the Chargers right now. It's nothing that they can't come back from. And winning games inside the division is going to be very, very important. But they have a few more AFC teams coming up on the schedule where these are going to be huge playoff determining factors, right, that are going into these games against the Steelers, against the Bengals, against the Broncos. Huge, huge games coming up. So we're going to talk about some of the problems, maybe how they can get fixed going forward for the Chargers and why it has to happen if they want to make a legitimate run at a playoff spot this season but first i need to tell you guys that you guys can get your tv together with direct tv stream does this sound familiar you've got one device that lets you catch the game live another that lets you stream your favorite shows you're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends logging for the good stuff well i want to tell you guys about a simple way for you guys to get all of that entertainment together and i'm talking about direct tv stream where you can bring all your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place that means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more about it at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, David. Well, it's time to get into this one. And obviously, the recaps Do are we never have fun. to. Yeah. But there was, you know, <laughs> like every Chargers game, it's a roller coaster, right? Like, Things yeah. are going bad. Then you're like, oh, okay, things are going better. And then bad again. And then they either come through at the end or they don't. And it ends up being a one-score possession all the time. And, like, the Vikings did some weird things in this game. You know, Kirk Cousins had a couple of Kirk Cousins moments. And he had a lot of really good throws, too. And I think that's the thing that not a lot of people are talking about in this one is, like, Kirk Cousins made some really good throws under duress when the Chargers were getting pretty good pressure. And that made a big difference in this game. But – the Chargers did handle it pretty well early. I mean, you can't really ask for too much of a better start for the Chargers because the Vikings had scored on six straight opening possessions. Chargers get them to punt six plays, 27 yards. Chris Harris Jr. with a great pass breakup on third down on Justin Jefferson. We were like, minds blown. Like, this is awesome. Chris Harris Jr. is back. And this was the first time where the Chargers were missing opportunities because that's a great stop, right? You defer, you get the kickoff to start the second half. You have a chance that, oh, you didn't score. Now I get to really have the first possession of the game and go score and get things off the way this team needs to get things going, right? But instead, you end up going three plays, negative three yards, and it just, this kind of embodied the game because the Chargers tried to take a deep shot, right? Tried to do the right thing, going for a big play, but instead, Herbert takes a 15-yard loss as he kind of loses his footing going backwards, ends up being a sack by Eric Kendricks, a big play and a giant loss, something that was pretty much impossible for the chargers to overcome there but they, were, they would really not affect them going forward though because the chargers got lucky on the next drive when a really weird play happened with Kirk cousins because the vikings would go three plays and get a negative one yards with a fumble Kirk cousins was dropping back to pass at first i thought he hit one of his own players helmets because it was just really weird looking joey bosa was bearing down on him he goes back and all of a sudden the, the ball is you know getting launched up in there fumble it's on the ground. The Chargers recover it. 
it looks like his offensive lineman like literally grabbed like his arm, like almost trying to like brace him for getting sacked by Joey Bosa. And like the ball came loose, or it was really move weird his thing. hand, or move his arm forward. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like kinda, hey, kinda I, I'm like not going to let you fumble. Like it, it was <laughs> exactly, odd. this is going to be a forward pass, regardless. It, it did look like that. It was a very weird play, but Joey Bosa on this play gets tremendous pressure, and that's yeah. one thing that did happen really well throughout this game. Joey Bosa and his running mate Uchenin Wosu showed up to play in this game. They really, honestly, Chenna had his best game of the year. I, I think that yeah. I can say that unequivocally. He actually made his presence felt, and that's the version of Uchenna we've been waiting to see all year long because when he's able to do that, then you get a better version of Joey Bosa. And when you sure. get a better version of Joey Bosa, then everyone around you is a better version of themselves. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that because I think that, they need somebody opposite of Joey Bosa if they want that pass rush to be consistently successful. I mean, even if it was somebody on the interior that was consistent enough, right, to push quarterbacks into the arms of Joey Bosa every once in a while, like, you just need somebody else. And Eugene Wosu was that in this game. And that's kind of the part that sucks about this game, too, is just, like, you got good pressure, you played the run really well for the most part, and you still lose and you still, you know, gave the offense possessions, but they weren't able to do anything with it. Then it late in the game when you needed the stops, you'd been on the field so much in the game already and you start folding a little bit. And I think not that's not an excuse. They had to be better. Some of the plays they had, we'll get into the next segment were inexcusable big, you know, gains on downs where you just can't let it happen. But the Chargers had another chance and they squandered it again. Right. So you have a chance. You force a punt on your first drive. You come back three and out punt second punt. Second time the Vikings have the ball, they fumble, and then the Chargers get the ball back again and have to punt again. And this was the interesting one, David, because the Chargers punt, they didn't get a ton of field position out of it. I mean, if you were to go from the 44 where they started, they maybe get 30 yards of field position to where the Vikings ended up getting that punt. And it was, I mean, we're probably spoiled with how much Brandon Staley goes for it on fourth down. But, I mean, you have a fourth and less than five with a chance, you know, past midfield to go for it, and you're going to punt instead? That was really odd. Yeah, I was like, wait, they're doing what? They're putting the punt team on the field? What is going on here? This isn't the Chargers that I've been watching all year. Like, yeah. you you thought it was like almost a foregone conclusion that the offense was going to stay out there and that they were going to go for it and that they were going to get it. And that that could have swung the momentum of this game back to the Chargers' favor because it feels like – in the beginning of all of these Charger games that go awry, it seems like it starts off really, really bad, and they're just not able to recover. They're never able to get into any kind of rhythm. And then you see in the games that they are excelling and they're doing very well, like, for example, the Eagles game. That's still a close game, but they were humming from the start. The, the offense was moving the ball down the field, and it seemed like, okay, you, they got that good energy, they got that good momentum. They never got that established in this game other than a couple of drives. I mean – if they don't get it going from the onset, then they're not going to be able to get it moving. And it seems like that's a big issue with this Chargers team. They got to be able to handle the adversity better and be able to really make adjustments and turn it back on. And they're just not able to do it so far. Yeah. And I think it's just droughts offensively, right? It's just droughts of not being able to get stops on defense and then droughts of just not being able to get points on offense because that play there, I mean, unless Brandon Stewart was like, well, I mean, if you think about it, like, their offense hasn't done anything like Kirk Cousins had a weirdo fumble. And like, we also forced, you know, a punt on their first drive as well. So like, let's trust our defense here. Obviously probably not no. the right play. Yeah, Stay yeah, with no. who you are. Be That's aggressive. Stay aggressive. Yeah. Don't, 
don't fold now. Don't change who you are. You're the aggressive team. You're the aggressive coach. You go for it on fourth down. You need to stay with that identity. Yeah. And it was just weird. Like it was just, you know, we didn't see that coming. And like, I think, you know, the other part was they went up and started, you know, trying to really hard count the Vikings to jump off sides. And they're like, Hey, well, I mean, they have to think we're really going to go because we really go for this all the time. And then they have to burn a timeout and then they take a five yard penalty delay a game just to, you know, get more space. But that was weird. I mean, it was a weird move by Brandon Staley there and the chargers. I think if they knew how many possessions the chargers were going to have offensively, Obviously, he probably wants that one back. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, my friend. Of course, of course. But it's just weird because you don't even need hindsight to think that Brand Staley's, you know, was going to go there just because he had. The Vikings would end up getting a field goal on the next drive to make it 3-0. The Chargers would trade another with, you know, get another field goal after that to tie things. 3-3, three to three, and even on that drive, right? I mean, Storm Norton gets driven into Justin Herbert's lap. He misses an easy completion to Austin Eckler in the flats. That probably would have been 10 to 15 yards. Would have been an easy first down for sure. And it's just like, you did a great job in the Vikings first three drives. You only allowed them three points and offensively, like you just have to be able to respond better than that. You have to be more compatible. You have to be able to come back and get some points and pick up your defense who has started the game off very strong. So that was just another missed opportunity there. The Vikings would answer back with a field goal of their own to make it six to three on third down and gold. Derwin James makes a nice play. Almost has a pick, which really probably would have shaken things up a little bit. Chargers could have gotten a turnover there. That would have been great for him. He still made a great play. He recovered. He saved a touchdown probably, but it would have been the third touchdown for Tyler Conklin, which is crazy to talk about. But they end up going up 6-3. to three, And then that's when you needed a response, right? At first, you needed the Chargers and offense to go along with their defense. Be like, hey, thanks for getting those stops. We're going to put some touchdowns on the board. Instead, here, you give up a field goal. It's a nice stop there, and the offense goes one play, and Justin Herbert throws an interception. David, I know you were definitely weren't happy about that. It was a throw that was behind for sure. Eric Kendricks made a pretty good play on it, but when a game is going that way offensively, now you've had four drives, an interception, two punts, and a field goal. Yeah, it's so frustrating. It's like, Justin, what are you looking at? Like, you're throwing that ball into double coverage, and you didn't need to take that chance there. You d- you didn't need to. You know the Vikings are doing what every other team in the NFL has done against the Chargers. They're keeping a roof on, on the coverage. They're not going to let you get those big ex- explosive passes, so don't force it. I mean, I, I get it. I understand it's frustrating. That's part of why Brandon Staley deploys this philosophy. They want you to try to execute and have to – out execute the defense all the way down the football field with those five, seven, 10, you know, 12 yard plays at max. They're not going to let you get those explosives. The Vikings are doing those, that same thing. They basically baited the chargers into going for a shot there, a shot they didn't need to take. And then Justin Herbert makes a bad throw and Hey, you got to give credit to Kendricks. He made a nice play. He read it and, and he picked off the pass, but that, Play should never have happened. Justin Herbert should never have thrown that pass. That was just not the right way to start that drive. I think the tough thing on it, because like the thing is, is if it's a good throw, it's a completion, right? I mean, if it's a good throw, it's a good play, even if it might not have been the best decision. But at the same time, like it just was a bad throw that you made with no pressure because that was the throw he got to step yeah. into. It wasn't like he was just trying to make something happen falling away. And it wasn't like he was trying to do something on third down to pick up a first down. Like it was a first down play when he threw it. And that's the tough thing is you just can't have those plays. I do think it was a really athletic interception by a linebacker that most probably wouldn't catch. Doesn't really matter at that point. It ends up leading to a Vikings touchdown on their next drive to make it 13 to three. And like, 
the offense now, you know, it just like that's you just can't have it when your defense is playing the way that it was. Fortunately, the Chargers offense would respond right on their next drive. They really needed it badly. They go eight plays, 75 yards, get a touchdown, make it 13 to 10. Chargers gain 28 yards and a Keenan Allen drawn pass interference call right on the defense. Justin Herbert had a nice 17-yard rush. And again, they finally answer back, and then they would have another chance, David, to really put their stamp on the half because the Vikings on their six drives came out and went three and out and punted. So after all the bad stuff that had happened, you find yourself down 13 to 10 with a chance to put up points before the half and a chance to get the ball after halftime. And what do they do? They go three and out, right? And they had it at the 50. Andre Roberts, nice return to the 50. You get a nice special teams play, and then you just miss an opportunity. You know, Jared Cook ends up having a ball knocked out of his hands on third down on a play where Justin Herbert threw a little bit behind him. If he throws that on the spot, it's not hit out of his hands, right? I mean, maybe he just straight up drops it. You never know. But, like, if he puts it on the money, that's a first down. Like, at the end of the day, he didn't. Jared Cook, I know. You should have caught it, right? Like, and every, if you say Justin Herbert made it about there, you have to also say, hey, you should have caught it, which he should have. But if he puts it in the right spot, there's no chance to break it up. And the Chargers kind of fizzle out. They, you know, they lose some of that momentum. But it wouldn't even matter because they would come back on the other side and start the first the second half much better than they started in the first half. So the offense would get things going, but the Chargers just couldn't keep it up down the stretch. So we're going to get into the rest of the plays, including some maddening plays on some third and long plays where the Chargers really, really just gave this game up, but also some good individual plays by some Chargers as well coming up after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about my favorite protein bar. And of course, I'm talking about Built Bar. And if you guys haven't tried it yet, I'm telling you guys, you are missing out because with Built Bar, there's so many great flavors. And I mean, just the flavor itself, just having a protein bar that tastes really good is so nice because for me, if it's waxy, if it's chalky, I'm just not going to eat it. So I'm going to choose to get the one that's 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. And one that has great flavors like cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, coconut, double chocolate, cherry barcia. You will find a flavor that you like with Built Bar, and you can get a mixed box, so it'll let you try two of each flavor, and you can find out which one is your favor. And with the holidays coming up, guys, a Built Bar could definitely easily save you, right, from eating that extra slice of pumpkin pie or whatever your craving is, right? Have something that's going to fill you up, something that's going to fit on your diet because it's low-carb, low-sugar, high in fiber, and high in protein. And you can even save some money because if you guys go to Built.com right now, you guys can save 15% off on your order when you use the promo code LOCKED15. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word, to save money at Built.com. All right, I also have to tell you guys about the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast, and that's BetOnline.ag. Well, I hope you guys took my prediction to not bet on the Chargers this weekend in that game because that was just a brutal showing. But BetOnline, if you're going to put money on anything, that's the place to do it, right? If you're talking about basketball, football, UFC action, I do a ton of action on UFC. That's a lot of fun. College or pro football basketball baseball when it comes back around you can find something that you like to bet on you can even bet on your favorite vegas casino games i mean bet online is the best best place to go and with their new updated site you guys will have a very easy time finding all the props and odds that you guys want to find just go to the mobile website and sign up today and you can receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that's free money to play with and the best time to be betting is when you're betting with house money and you can get that by using the promo code locked on all caps one word to receive that bonus Whatever you guys want to bet on, you can find it at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Make sure to use the promo code Locked On All Caps to get that fifty percent welcome bonus at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, David. Well, now it's time to get into the end of this game, and 
there are some positives, right? I mean, again, the Chargers defensively did a great job against Dalvin Cook, and that's not something that we saw coming. And at that same time, like, now it's three games in a row now where you've at least seen some improvement, right? And I thought there were some players that really stood out. We talked about Uchenna. We talked about Joey. I mean, I think you could also throw Limbaugh Joseph with another huge game in the middle. He has just been a constant presence there. And you can talk even like Eamon. Like Eamon, our boy Bong, had some really, yeah, got a, really got a nice big plays. sack, man. That was awesome. Had, had a big sack, had a nice pressure, had some nice tackles. Like there are some positives. And I think the positive for the second half and what gave you hope that the Chargers would get back into this one is they started off hot offensively because they had cut it to 13-10 before halftime, even though they weren't able to add on and take the lead before half. They still seemed to get some momentum back at the start of the second half because they went right down the field to score a touchdown. They go 10 plays, 75 yards to make it 17-13. to Great job of getting Herbert on the move and attacking the edge of the defense. Austin Eckler ends up with a two-yard touchdown after a big play by Donald Parham and a catch-and-run for 17, and he just continually is underused by this team. Like, just... I mean, he just outran Eric Hendricks and gained like an extra like 10 yards, 15 yards that he shouldn't have had just by running straight with super Throw long Throw him legs. the ball more. Yeah. And Please. I mean, there just wasn't a lot of opportunities, right? I mean, not a ton no. of targets in this game just because of the way it played out. But yeah, throwing in the ball more. It's not that hard. But David, at that point, you're like, okay, the Chargers got something going. The elite looked like they figured at least something out offensively. They're getting Herbert easy throws. They're getting him on the edge. They're running the ball a little bit better. And that was nice to see coming out of halftime, making some adjustments. Yeah, they were able to capture some lightning in a bottle. <laughs> Sorry, terrible I had to. Joke. I, I know. It's a terrible know. joke. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Damn no, it. In all seriousness, they were phenomenal on this drive. I mean, this I think if you isolate this drive in this game, you're like that right there. It, if you would have saw three or four more of those, the Chargers win. But yeah. they were not able to do that. But on this drive – Man, that that's what the offense it can look like. That's what they are capable of doing, and they can do that against any defense in the NFL. It's just the consistency that is the problem. The Chargers did that twice in this game against the Vikings, and that's not enough to get it done and to get a W. That's just it. Yeah, no, for sure, right? And I think it might be asking a lot, but you saw that, and you obviously said, all right, you found something, keep doing that. And the Vikings – had a chance to respond there, and they almost let the game kind of get away from them a little bit because they go three and out on their next drive and punt, right? Chargers get the ball back. Now they're up. They're leading 17-13. to 13. They have a chance to go down the field and make it 24-13, to 13, run some clock out, right, get it near the fourth quarter, and now you're going into a fourth quarter up 11 potentially, right? That's why this is such a big drive. And what they do is they go five plays and eight yards, and this is the super frustrating part of this because on third down, a crucial third down to keep your defense off the field, keep them fresh, right? You have Josh Kelly on the field who fails to pick up a blitz assignment and Justin Herbert gets smoked and it just derails the drive. And I think that was the thing for this game was like one thing is derailing a drive. You just have that one drop or that one guy missing an assignment, a misprotection, and then the drive is over. And that's all it takes. The margin and for error in the NFL is so small, Daniel, that if you make those small little mistakes – they can turn into big, big problems. Yeah, and I mean, Austin Eckler had just tried to run a wheel route right before that, right? Maybe he's taking a blow there, but like, it has to be better. Even Larry Roundtree is, you know, came out of college as a really good pass protecting running back. Like, you just have to have someone who's going to pick up the right guy there because if you're blitzing your safety, there's a guy open, right? And Justin Herbert just needs that extra second to at least get the throw off, right? If he makes a bad throw, whatever, 
you have to have a chance and give your quarterback a chance there. And he just didn't have it. And the Chargers lose that chance to really, you know, put the foot on the neck of the Vikings on that drive. And the Vikings would respond. I mean, they were given new life. They go nine plays, 66 yards and get a touchdown to make it 20 to 17. The game is starting to slip away at this point. And what really hurt on that one, right, is the third and 10 play where Chris Harris Jr. gets beat badly. And then on fourth and goal from the one, the Chargers get great pressure, but Alohi Gilman, who was covering an offensive lineman, collides with Derwin James in the end zone. And the Chargers, right in Kirk Cousins' face, make him throw a really wobbly, terrible ball. But because of that, you know, collision in the end zone, he was able to make a nice catch, right? And it just, he was wide open in the end zone and the chargers had the right play call there right and the vikings ran a pick play and alohi gilman and derwin james they have to be on different levels there they have to be able to make sure they're not running into each other they weren't able to do that and that's just kind of the way it was because that's fourth down that's fourth and one from the one yard line you had gotten a great defensive stop right before that when we all thought they were going to run it right into the end zone the chargers defensive line on third and goal holds up they tackle dalvin cook they don't let him into the end zone and then you have a play like that, and that was just super deflating for a defense. A long drive like that to have it end that way was deflating. And then the Chargers, really with the game kind of slipping away from them, David, they go three and out. Herbert under heavy pressure on second and third down. And that's the thing. like The pressure wasn't terrible by the Chargers' offensive line. Like, it was just really key moments that gave away drives in a game where they just didn't have enough of them. Yeah, and when you don't have that many possessions, the margin for error in the NFL, already small, is even that much smaller. So you have to take advantage of every opportunity that you get. And the Chargers, like I said, throughout the show, on offense and on defense, did not do. They were unable to just make those small plays to stay on the field or get off the field. And the Vikings did. They were able to, even in those horrible situations that they found themselves in, they dug themselves out of those holes and then they capitalized when they had the opportunity to do that. And the Chargers simply did not. They just couldn't do it in this game. And that play that you talked about, I think is just a microcosm of the frustration that I felt throughout the entire ballgame. Yeah, I mean, at least in that one, you know, it's two guys, you know, banging into each other. And that's like, God, of course that has to happen like that. But like, it just seemed like, yeah, like that kind of stuff. It was going to be one of those games. But like we talked about, the Vikings didn't make it easy on themselves either with all the penalties that they had. But at that point, you went from having a chance to really put the game in your favor and increase your chances of winning. Instead, you give up two straight touchdown drives because the Vikings would come back on the next drive and go get a touchdown to make it 27 to 17. So that's like, the really the worst part about it you're up 17 13 the chance to make it 24 to 13 and instead now you're down 27 to 17 just like that and like that's the thing is like yeah. you have to have those timely offensive possessions you cannot go you know eight plays and two punts on those two drives in the second half like you just can't the Chargers defense at that point been on the field for a ton of plays they like yes. go 12 plays 68 yards in that one. Cousins under pressure makes a good throw to a wide open Adam Thielen with Derwin James, like literally right in his face. Third and five, Chris Harris Jr. Beat to the inside. Now was a frustrating play to watch, David, because Chris Harris Jr. was super animated. Obviously, he thought he had help coming on the inside, right? But it doesn't mean you give up on that play right there, right? I mean, maybe you follow him just out of the break and you're trying to get back to your coverage and it's impossible to know exactly what it was. But like, 
you can't just stop and cover grass yeah. either. You know what I mean? So like yeah. maybe somebody should have been there, but like the other guy wasn't even close to it. So it was just a bad look for a team that was obviously struggling defensively. The frustrations bubbled over there with one of the leaders on the defense and Chris Harris Jr. You just hate to see that kind of animation on the field with the guys fighting with each other, right? And getting that visibly frustrated with those miscommunications and not having Nazir Adderley on the back end her, right? Not having Michael Davis. These are kind of where those opportunities or the reasons where you felt they're miss, you know, them missing this game impacted the game there. But the Chargers on their next drive, again, don't end up going for it. They got 12 plays, 69 yards. Mike Williams has a drop on second and four. That might have been a touchdown. It definitely would have been a first down, right? And then they have to settle for a field goal. Earlier on the drive, Austin Eckler drops a play that would have been a really, really big play. Caught the ball going over the middle if he had that caught it. That could have been a touchdown. He could have. And it might have been the spark that the Chargers needed there. Instead, Justin Herbert kind of created himself on the play right after that when he found Keenan Allen right over the fingertips of Nick Vigil, former Charger. Beautiful great, play. great throw on the run. Yeah, when he was on the move, he was good, you know, and that's one of the frustrations. But they only end up getting a field goal, and this was one I saw Daniel Popper posted about it. I mean, the Chargers, they had went for it there, increased their likelihood of winning by 7%. They end up not going for it on fourth and two on, the, I think, the Vikings' four-yard line. So they had a chance to score a touchdown there. Either way, if the Vikings end up running out the clock on the next drive, you don't get the ball back no matter what. But still weird to see him doing that. I get it. You make it a one-possession game. But at that point, your defense have been on the field so long. How confident are you going to get a stop? And that's the frustrating thing, David. They should have gotten a stop several times on the last drive. The Vikings end up going 10 plays, 36 yards. 10 plays for 36 yards. 3.6 yards. Obviously, you had some kneel downs, which affected that. But... They end up running the rest of the clock out. Four minutes and 36 second drive. They ran a perfect four minute drive, but they had a holding call on the very first play. Backs it up 10 yards. Now it's first and 20. These were the frustrating parts of this game. On second and 17, Chargers missed a bunch of tackles and give up 11 yards to Dalvin Cook. On second and 17, it could have been a two yard gain. Now you're looking at a third and 15. Instead, you give up 11 and now it's a super reasonable third and six. But was, that wasn't even the only that... one either. No. It, it wasn't. And it happened all game long. Those are the plays where you wanted to grab your pillow and scream into your pillow as loud as you possibly yeah. could because you just knew that if they're in that situation nine times out of ten, the Chargers get out of that situation and they give themselves a chance. Yeah. They just couldn't do it. And that's what was so annoying. It's just second and 20, third and third and long, those situations – you have to get off the field. And like I feel like I tweeted out every single time in those situ- situations, get off the field on third down. Get off the field on third down. And they couldn't do it. It just – yeah, ah, so frustrating. A lot of those frustrating moments, a lot of moments where you're making noises like that just because it was so brutal to watch. But like that wasn't even the worst one on that drive because the worst one came – on third and 20 with a chance to get the ball back to your offense, potentially with over two minutes left to play, the Chargers give up an easy 18-yard completion to make it fourth and two. The Vikings go for it, pick it up. I mean, I, the thing is, I don't even really have a problem with the Chargers defense not defending that fourth and two. Like, obviously, you want to get off the field there, but that series was lost on the third and 20. You, you give oh, yeah. up 18 yards and make that decision. You think Mike Zimmer's going for it? On 4th and 10 there, absolutely not. Is he going for it on 4th and 12? Absolutely not. Like, that was the one thing you couldn't give up 
And it seemed like, like I don't know where the safeties were. Like obviously it was bad coverage by everyone involved, but the safety's way off the ball. Like you're not playing the sticks at all. Just a bad, bad look for a team that when you have a defensive mind like Brandon Staley, those are the opportunities you live for a third and 20 to get the ball back to your offense, to give your team a chance to win. And you give up 18 on that. Like I saw guys holding up, you know, that's fourth down. No, that's a, that's not a no, good play. Shades like, of Gus Bradley picket fence. No, yeah, you should just not be <laughs> celebrated ever. And then like, and you just paid for it because even though you don't, you give them a modest game on the fourth down play like that, that was what ended the game right there. You would have, you know, you still would have to go down and get a touchdown, but at least give your offense the chance to go down and do it. It's not like they played well and you'd have a ton of confidence that they're going to go score a touchdown, but you got to at least give them that chance there. And that's the thing for as well as the charge defense played against the run again, the last three possessions for the Vikings, two touchdowns and running the ball out, you know, with their possession. We saw the same thing from the Patriots in that game. They ran almost seven minutes off the clock. Like that's just things teams have been able to do when the chargers need to get off the field late in the game. But is the chargers are still in it, you know, and that, and that's the thing that chargers fans have to remember is like, they're not a good enough team at this point to just blow teams away. Like the Vikings who are better, you know, than many people probably thought they were going into this one. They can't blow out teams like the Eagles who went and beat the Broncos this week, you know? So like the NFL is weird. The point is, is like, you're never a for sure thing to be anyone. The Chargers are a for sure winner in any of their next three games. And they might not be for the rest of the season, maybe against like the Texans or something like that. We can have the conversation, but as of right now, the Chargers can't have the droughts offensively. They can't give up those giant plays on third and longs. They're just not a good enough team to overcome those things right now. And that's what you saw on Sunday. But luckily we were all able to vent today and we feel a little bit better about it now. So Tomorrow we will be getting into some what went right and what went wrong and just talk about, you know, how real are these drop issues, right? Like, it's still the same receivers for the most part. It's not like new guy Josh Palmer's dropping passes left and right. So there's a lot to get into there. Talk about what the offense can do better to get themselves out of some of these drought situations and talk about some really nice plays, right? Five tackles for us for the Chargers run defense, some independent players standing out and making some really good plays. There were some positives to take away from this one, even if it doesn't feel like it. So we'll be back with you guys tomorrow, as we always are with what went right and what went wrong. But until then, make sure to go subscribe to us on YouTube. If you haven't already, you can watch it for free. You can listen to the show for free, but it is a lot of fun to watch and be here on YouTube with you guys. So if you guys are watching now, make sure to go subscribe. If you guys are listening, make sure you're following or subscribing wherever you get your podcast from. It's always free. You guys can rate and review if you like the show as well. We would really appreciate that. But you can also follow the show on social media. We have a Twitter at Locked On LAC. We have an Instagram page at Locked On Chargers. And we also have a Locked On Chargers Facebook page. You can also follow me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at Drotalk SD. If you guys want to vent, and we know you might want to, you can call into the Locked On Chargers voicemail line. The number there is 323-524-7924. And we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on this show. But that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow with what went right and what went wrong and try to figure out how the Chargers can take away from this game, right, and be better going forward and maybe win some of these games coming up. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.